0: that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littner. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And you know, many many years ago when I first began to study the Bible, many skirts were the popular fashion for women. And I cannot begin to tell you the number of sermons I heard from preachers who were desperately trying to persuade the sisters to lay those garments aside and to lower their hemlines to a reasonable length, one that would still be stylish and attractive but also appropriate and not lascivious. As I think back in all honesty, most of those sermons went for naught. Very few of the ladies actually did anything about it. Then, all of a sudden, the designers in New York and Paris and London decided that the miniskirt was out and long was in, and within weeks, church services were filled with ladies in long dresses. Maybe you're old enough to remember that. What thousands of pleading sermons could not do over a period of months and years, fashion designers accomplished in a matter of weeks. Does that tell us something? It sure does if you think about it, and that is just one illustration. Who is it that determines what is right and what is wrong? The truthful answer to the situation is frightening. There is an old Latin proverb that correctly addresses the situation. It is Vox Populi Vox Dei, or the voice of the people is the voice of God. In America, we live in a democracy, and I believe it is the fairest and best form of government there is, even with all of its multiple faults. But we must understand that the majority rule is not the proper criteria for measuring morality. Public opinion is in a constant state of flux. It changes all the time to meet the whims, the fancies, and desires of the people. When it comes to what kind of car is popular, favorite movie actors, where to live and what restaurants are in and what ones are out, that's fine. But when it comes to what is right and what is wrong, popular opinion is not what makes the determination. The Hebrew writer tells us what the standard is by such determinations are to be made. In Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, we find, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The word of God is constant, dependable, and unchangeable even in the midst of an ever-changing society. In chapter 13 and verse 8 of the book of Hebrews, we find Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, yes, and forever. What else do we know that is like that? About who else or what else can such a statement be made? In Psalm 119, actually the entire psalm, but I want to read just verses 97 through 104, we are told, Oh, how I love thy law! It is my meditation all the day. Thy commandments have made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed thy precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not turned aside from thine ordinances, For thou thyself hast taught me. How sweet are thy words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. God's word is the source of understanding. It is where the standard is found. It is the criteria by which right and wrong is to be determined. The problem we are facing today is that many things that used to be readily recognized as sinful and contrary to God's Word are now being accepted as moral on no other basis than public opinion. If enough people believe a thing to be moral then it must be moral and those who speak out against such things are now viewed as the ones who are wrong. We are a country filled with those who call evil good and good evil who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. It certainly seems that those who justify the wicked and he who condemns the righteous, that's Proverbs 17 verse 15, they are the ones that hold public opinion in the palms of their hands. The American people are being duped, fooled, and with the blind leading the blind, they are both falling into the ditch of degradation and immorality. Let's consider a few examples. Have you ever noticed how frequently on the news when something happens that involves ordinary people, the man and the woman are just living together? Did you ever notice how many times there is a live-in boyfriend or girlfriend? Living together without marriage is so common that it's just accepted. It seems like practically every family has had someone in it that just lived with another person of the opposite sex. Back when I was in high school and college, that sort of thing was just becoming popular. My generation said we didn't need a piece of paper and a ceremony to prove our love. My generation spoke of the fear of divorce, financial advantages, and a host of other things in an effort to defend doing what they wanted to do. It took a while, but now that sort of thing is no big deal. It amazes me that couples who are simply living together can even get a loan to purchase property together. Years ago that would have been impossible. And by the way, have you ever noticed how frequently an abused child was abused by the mother's boyfriend or vice versa? But you know something that truly has not changed? In God's eyes, living together without marriage is a sin. In 1 Corinthians 7 verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote these words, Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of immoralities, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Engaging in the kind of activity that God reserved for marriage outside of marriage is fornication. It is sin. Now I recognize that the word fornication is somewhat archaic, but it is immorality. How serious is such conduct in God's eyes? Consider 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses nine and 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. No amount of public opinion can change the fact that premarital Or extramarital sexual relations are immoral and wrong. Yet another clear example of calling evil good and good evil, a clear example of following the standard of public opinion rather than God's Word, is homosexuality. My friends, the Bible teaches that homosexual activity is sinful. Obviously the public does not. Everybody has to make a choice. We can believe the Bible and accept it as our standard for determining morality or we can rely upon public opinion and in this case they are most definitely not the same. In Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 22 we are told you shall not lie with the man as one lies with the female. It is an abomination. In Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13 we are told if there is a man who lies with the male as those who lie with the woman. Both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. In the New Testament, in Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, we read, For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the women, and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. We've already seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that homosexuality will cause the unrepentant practitioner of it to fail to inherit the kingdom of God. You know something? The fact that the public has become so broad-minded as to accept and defend homosexuality It is even becoming difficult to find a well-known religious figure today who will stand in God's position on the subject clearly and forcefully. All of that is just evidence of and a tribute to the power and the efficiency of the forces of evil. The public has been lied to and has apparently bought it hook, line, and sinker. Did you ever, in your wildest nightmares, think we would live in a country that could not figure out that men belong in men's restrooms and women belong in women's. Yet another example comes to mind. Not even 50 years ago, legalized gambling was pretty much confined to one state and to horse racing in the United States, not including such things as bingo operations and such operated even by churches. Now practically every state government has adopted some form of gambling as a means of generating more money for the needs of the state, and those governments spend millions of dollars a year urging their citizens to play. Gambling in all forms is so pervasive in our society that those who speak out against it really do feel like the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What standard are we going to go by? The standard of the world that says that money is everything or God's standard set forth in the Bible. Look with me at Colossians chapter 3 where we'll be reading verses 5 through 10. Paul exhorted the Colossian brethren with these words, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouths. Do not lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Now would you place gambling in the things that belong to the old man Or would you find it to be an activity characteristic of the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him? In truth, it is covetousness, an inordinate desire to gain without giving equal value. It seeks to gain at the expense of others. There is no fair exchange, no price paid for value received. For the gambler to win, everybody else must lose. If you don't think gambling is bad, Just have someone, a reasonably intelligent person, sit across from you in your office and describe how they have lost their family, their home, their job, their self-respect and just about everything because they could not stop gambling. No popular opinion is not the standard of what is right or what is wrong. The majority does not determine morality. Recently, abortion has been very much in the news, and we have heard women demanding the right to care for their own bodies. Interestingly enough, it is a simple biological fact that the unborn child is not a part of the woman's body. She is carrying the child, yes, but the child is not a part of her body. The child has a separate blood supply, a separate circulatory system, a separate heartbeat, separate brain waves, and even its own will very early on. From the moment of fertilization, when the human embryo is fertilized, it is anti-genetically formed tissue to its mother. In abortion, a completely separate human being is being killed. And that is the crux of the matter, the pivotal point in the battle. The vast majority of pro-abortion advocates deny that the developing child is a human being. That is what man wants to say in order to allow abortion to continue to be used by so many as a form of birth control. However, what does God have to say? In Job 109 9-12, we read, Remember now that thou hast made me as clay, and wouldst thou turn me into dust again? Didst thou not pour me out like milk, and curdle me like cheese, clothe me with skin and flesh, and knit me together with bones and sinews? Thou hast granted me life and loving kindness, and thy care has preserved my spirit. To whom does Job attribute the process of his formation? Unto God. God is depicted as being directly and intimately involved with the child from start to finish. Consider Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Once again, we see God's involvement with the developing child within the mother's womb. This passage clearly bears that out, for it declares that God knew Jeremiah and consecrated him before he was born. In this particular case, we see one who was set aside for service to the Lord prior to his birth, while yet in his mother's womb. I believe a vitally important passage in the discussion of abortion that indicates God's view of the unborn child is found in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. This psalm has as its theme the inescapable presence of God. It shows that no matter where we go, we cannot flee from his presence. Why is God so concerned about mankind? We find a very good answer to that question in these verses. When David begins in verse 13 with the word for, he is about to tell us that God's constant interest in man is simply the natural interest that a maker has for a very special product. God seeks us now because he made us then. And from our earliest moments, he knew. In the passage we will read in just a moment, note that David uses the first-person pronouns, I, me, my. He regarded God to be at work with him personally, not merely some mass of tissue that would later become David. No wonder David would proclaim, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works. The passage says, for thou didst form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, and the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. Man's way says that abortion is a woman's right. God's word indicates that it is the taking of innocent human life. It is murder. David, a man described in God's word as a man after God's own heart, called the word of God a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every true step that man takes in this life will be in the path illumined by the light of truth, the light provided by the Lord in his word. The responsibilities of those who follow Jesus is to reflect that light for all the world to see. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 verses 15 and 16 that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. It is not possible for man to create a standard of morality and expect God to accept it. Indeed, God has told us in such passages as Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, where we read, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. God's word supplies us with everything pertaining to life and godliness. That's 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It has been once for all time delivered to the saints that's Jude 3 and it completely furnishes us to every good work that's 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 17 it is the standard by which all are to be judged today that's John chapter 12 and verse 48 my friends the public does not dictate the standard of conduct and morality god does and we find it revealed in his word